Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. A few minutes past 4 p.m. Gorgeous day out there. Dave Murray says it's going to rain tonight. Cold front moving through. Uh, my next guest is John Hawks. He is a Distinguished Achievement Professor, Department of Anthropology, University of Wisconsin-Madison, author of Cave of Bones. John was on with us uh, a few months ago, and this is could not be more my my wheelhouse. Uh, I, I'm not trained, obviously. I don't know anything other than like watching television shows and reading articles and books, but uh, if there's anything that interests me, it's ancient human evolution and civilizations and such, so it's always really exciting to uh, get to talk to John. John, welcome back to the show. So great to talk to you again. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be back. So let's uh, let's go back into the history of John Hawks a little bit. Uh, like I say, I'm one of those guys, middle-aged white guy, that I will watch the same show over and over again. So I've watched your shows over and over again and uh, feel like I know you. What was it that drew you to science in general and this in particular? You know, I grew up in Kansas in a small town, and I have to tell you that when I was a kid, the idea that you could grow up to be a scientist was totally, you know, foreign to me. That was not something that was on my agenda. Um, but I love National Geographic. I love to read about, you know, scientific discoveries. And uh, and fortunately, I went to college and uh, and I was able to take an anthropology class, and that was what started me on the road. And because anthropology is one of those things that it's a trope that you tell your mom and dad you're going to get a degree in anthropology, they're like, oh, that's just great. Why don't you get French literature? Why don't you get this or that? But you've really, <laughs> really made it work, obviously. You know, it's, it's, it's a great field because it puts together hard sciences with um, with other things that we understand about people, you know, I've got colleagues who work on music. I've got colleagues who work on um, on art hmm. and uh, and those different skills are what I find myself using when I'm trying to understand ancient people. And John, uh, anytime I get someone like you on, I love to help point out to my fellow St. Louisans that so I grew up about 10 miles north of Cahokia Mounds. 
Um, and so Cahokia Mountains is no big deal to me. I, I drove by them twice a week going to venture with my mom and dad. And yeah. I didn't realize until the last 20 years or so when I really got into this topic that for people in St. Louis, it's just, it's just the mound. It's no big deal. Like you go see Monk's Mound once in seventh grade, you're done. But to anthropologists and paleontologists across the world, Cahokia Mounds and the Mississippians is a very big deal. You know, and it's become much more exciting over the last 20 or 30 years because in, you know, sort of the deep history of science, people thought about these mounds as being kind of singular and they're super interesting and they indicate a complex society existed. But what has become clear um, as we're able to understand the networks between ancient people in North America it's clear that Cahokia is connected with sites here in Wisconsin. It's connected with sites down the Mississippi Valley into Mississippi, Alabama. There's this tremendous network. And, and when we talk about complex society, I think people need to understand that there was, you know, this was a half continent spanning mm. culture that, uh, that was, you know, just tremendously interesting and complex. John, um, as you well know, science is just going by leaps and bounds and just exponentially. Uh, the Webb telescope now uh, has shown us that maybe the Big Bang theory is outdated. We have to come up with something else. How different is your discipline from the time you were uh, a, a student or going for your PhD to what it is now? I would say that there are three major differences, and I've been fortunate to be involved in in all three of these in various ways. One big difference is the advent of genetics. We now have DNA from ancient people, including ancient Neanderthals. We've discovered groups that we didn't know existed before just from their DNA, and that has tremendously changed the picture. It showed us the interactions between people in the past that were super different from each other. Um, all of us today are a little bit Neanderthal, mm -hmm. and that's a type of discovery that we weren't able to make before genetic evidence. I, Second big, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead, John. No, 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 you, please. Second big area, we've made fossil discoveries that we didn't expect to. You know, the fossil discovery I'm working on in South Africa, the Rising Star Cave, Homo naledi is a species that existed super different from us in lots of ways, but it existed only 200, 250,000 years ago. Um, Homo floresiensis in Southeast Asia, Indonesia, another species that existed up until the last 100,000 years. So what we've discovered is that humans, our species, were not alone through any of our evolution up until the most recent component of it. And those discoveries have really changed the picture as well. Yeah, John, you may hang up the phone after I tell you this, but full disclosure, I am a, a Sasquatch guy. It's one of my passions. I love listening to podcasts and reading about it. And just, you know, I grew up with Leonard Nimoy and In Search Of and such. But I was thinking the other day about it, that if you lined up all of our ancestors and put a Sasquatch in there and a human, the human's the one that would really look like it doesn't belong. You know, I mean, the most Sasquatch d d depictions sound like a relic hominid at some point. But really, the fact that we were the ones that won out is fascinating and somewhat surprising in some ways, considering that we are competing with Neanderthals and Denisovans and uh, people much bigger and stronger than us. Yeah, you know, we, we're an unlikely winner in evolutionary terms. Um, and, of course, people have wondered 
you know, for, you know, as long as we've understood evolution, people have wondered, what was it that made today's humans win and these other forms of humans go away? Um, you know, they all had their advantages. And the fact that they all survived together for a long time means that no one of them was really dominant. They weren't, you know, able to roll over everybody else until really the last 50,000 years of our history. And today we still don't understand for sure what was it that made humans, today's humans, super successful um, and colonize the entire planet. Um, we have some guesses about that. And, and I have to say that, you know, for every guess that has to do with technology or invention or coming up with something really sophisticated that was a great trick, the other side of that is, you know, a big factor in surviving and, and succeeding is whether you're susceptible to diseases and you know, what mm -hmm. kinds of parasites you have. And that just shows us the things that are maybe visible that we think about as being amazing and the things that are relatively less visible in the archaeological fossil record are still on the table. And we're just trying to work out, you know, what's the most important factor here? If you're just joining me, my guest is John Hawks. Uh, he is at uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, author of Cave of Bones. Maybe you've seen the special on the Rising Star Cave and uh, our ancestors who were burying their dead like 250,000 years ago. Um, John, as you all know, like Galileo, Copernicus were heretics uh, because they had the guts to suggest that maybe the teachings of the church weren't exactly lining up with science or the what they considered to be the truth. What was that like for early anthropologists and paleontologists and archaeologists going back to when we started finding our ancestors and they said, we think these might be related to us. And I'm sure they were also considered not just religiously, but even scientifically of that day to be somewhere between dead wrong and heretics. You know, in the 19th century, when the first ideas of evolution were becoming common, um, that time was one where the evidence that we had about ancient history, about very past people, was really limited to the historic record. And European you know, naturalists at that time, really before they were scientists, were limited in information about what past people were like. They started digging where they lived, with Germany, England, <laughs> and they're finding remains of ancient groups, but those ancient groups are contemporary with the Romans. Um, and as they push back to earlier farmers, they're, they're finding people, and they're, when they find them, they're accentuating how different they are. Today, we understand that the differences between these people are tiny, tiny, tiny. Mm. You know, these are historic people we're talking about mm -hmm. compared to the differences between us and very ancient people like Neanderthals. Um, but at that time, what they were trying to do is understand how the different groups of people around the world go together. They came up with the idea of race, the idea that you're looking at differences that come from different origins. And of course, before evolutionary science was really well accepted, they're trying to explain that in a biblical point of view. Mm -hmm. They're trying to find Bible verses that are telling them how people became different from each other and why they might wow. be different skin colors. Um, that set them onto a road of confusion, <laughs> I have to say. And when they came at this, their idea was that the most different 
people could possibly be is what we saw in the world today. And they tried to measure the distant past in terms of racial differences. Today, we understand racial differences are tiny compared with what we see in the deep past in, in human ancestry. And as they discovered fossils like the Neanderthals, which was the first group that came into their awareness that was really different from them, they tried to put this into the context of today's racial groups. They said, wow, is this an ancient race that's no longer here? How does it fit in? That took a long time. It really took until about the 1920s before scientists got enough fossils to see that there was a sequence of evolution that actually took us back to something that was very much like an ape um, and super different from mm -hmm. anything that's living in humans in the world that are living. Um, it wasn't until they had that deep past, at least a couple of samples of it, that they could set themselves on a path of understanding what a trajectory from a human ape common ancestor to today's people might have looked like. And I think, you know, Galileo is an interesting comparison because it was also in evolutionary science an interaction between, um, between religion and science. In this case, the religion was not especially helpful for people in understanding why people, you know, why today's humans are, are different from each other and what they might have looked like in the past. But one thing that the religious point of view had was it had a timeline that was very short. Mm -hmm. All this has to have happened in the last several thousand years. And once they began to discover ancient humans that were clearly living with ancient animals that are no longer here, like mammoths and mm -hmm. cave bears, they knew that they were looking at something the Bible was not going to help them explain. John, and so, you know, that's sort of, you know, what I compare in, in that timeline. John, how far back in the history of Homo sapiens sapiens could you go and pluck a five-year-old human and bring them here and put them in school and they would study and learn and end up being a doctor or a lawyer? How far back were people basically like us? That's a really interesting and tough question. Um, because I of the point of view that today's people, you know, are tremendously variable, you know, in 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 the component that you describe, right? Which is how do we do in school? What are our talents? You know, what what languages can we learn? That kind of thing. We're really variable today. And I think that that variation has evolved over time, right? Today's people are not the same variation as 100,000 years ago, 200,000. But I think that if you took somebody from 200,000 years ago and put them through our training courses and, and asked, you know, can you be a lawyer? I think there's a good chance of it. Wow. Um, I think three or 400,000 years ago, I think you're going to find some, some ancient people where there's probably not a problem. Hmm. That's, that's, Utterly fascinating. Um, take take a sixty seconds, couple minutes, and just kind of plug your 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 book. I mean, I find it fascinating. But for the people out there who aren't already this kind of person, uh, why would someone want to pick this up? You know what we describe. Uh, my co-author Lee Berger and I, we've been working in the caves of South Africa now for many years, and we've made some really cool discoveries, some ancient species that we didn't know existed before. But this cave that we're working in for the last 10 years, the Rising Star Cave, is unique in many ways. 
it is an underground space that has two kilometers of passageways that our team has mapped. Some of them are narrow and I can't go through them. Some of them are dangerous. Some of them are hard to get into. And in the deep parts of this cave, if we have bones and, uh, and those bones represent a past species called Homo naledi. The book describes our adventure in understanding and coming to understand that Naledi, we're encountering its behavior almost as if we're walking into an ancient tomb. And, and some parts of it are left in the way that Naledi had them. Um, that's really unusual for us in the deep past. We're used to finding things that are buried deep underground, mm -hmm. um, but, but they've changed so much over the years that the evidence of this species and, you know, it, it having walked there, it having interacted with the spaces, they're almost always gone. Here, we're coming to understand an ancient culture. And, and the evidence that is, you know, in front of us is evidence that will take us additional years to understand. So the book is Cave of Bones. The authors are John Hawks and Lee Berger. John, again, always a pleasure. I really appreciate it. I personally look forward to this. Please say hello to Lee Berger for us and congratulate him on all your work. Will do. Thanks so much. Thank you, John. <clears throat> Man, I could just do that all, all day. Really interesting <laughs> it's stuff. So cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's like being super into a band. And you get the lead singer on. <laughs> You're like, hey, remember that time you met John McCartney? You know. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ah, that's really fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.